Hey, Bud, I hope there are no hard feelings. Yeah, Dad. I deserve that. Look, I know we let you down, but me and the boys, we still think you've got a big future in racketeering and extortion. Sorry, Fat Tony. I used to think your gang was cool, but now I learned that crime doesn't pay. Yeah, you're right. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets anymore Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. He was about to have a drink of his... Uh, what have you got there? What, what uh, cider have you got? What did you give me? Summersby pear cider. Nicola's pear cider. I'm a big fan of a pear over an apple. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not a big cider fan at all anyway. Okay. So. If it has alcohol content, you'll usually find me somewhere nearby it. Now, we're here to review a great episode from Season 3, Bart the Murderer. But before then, you've got a tribute you want to get out of the way. I do. Um, look, this is sad news that uh, came to me through the week. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to take a moment because this is someone who, in the past, um, has meant a little bit to me professionally. Yep. So. There's a lady named Eloise Marie, who's a couple of years older than us, who was a young playwright and, in general, sort of creative um, performer from Melbourne, who I worked with several years ago in one of her first plays. Who She was kind enough to cast me in a role speaking French, despite the fact that I didn't speak French. You've told that story. Yeah. So, that, that was who it was. She, well, was did person- she, she knew you didn't speak it. Uh, she found out pretty quickly that I didn't speak it and didn't <laughs> fire me, which was good. So she was a person who always encouraged you to kind of, you know, to push you outside the box and, and just in general was a really, really dominant force on the creative scene in um, Melbourne and Brisbane in particular. She had done a number of fringe shows that were always received really great critical acclaim. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away through the week. So I just wanted to take a moment to kind of say thank you to someone out there who in the past had kind of encouraged me and inspired me and made me believe that I could do things that, you know, I otherwise might have looked at and went, holy shit, how difficult is that? So, to Eloise, uh, if they happen to have iPods in heaven, I hope you're listening to this. But, you know, thank you very much. And to all to, to everyone that's been touched by her, um, there's been great support amongst her own local friends and sort of, you know, the community that she's created. So many people that she has touched and inspired that have all rallied together and are helping each other out. So, I kind of wanted to... Yeah, dedicate this show to her. And not only that, for anyone out there that has that person in their life that is sort of... It, they might only You might only meet them for a fleeting second, but someone that can inspire you to do something good is, you know, the people like that that the world needs more of. It's usually a teacher at school. For me, there was a teacher at school that sort of made me realize what I could do with myself. Yeah. He just gave you the motivation and the... It was just the motivational speech that he gave me where he's like, you are better than this. Yeah. Here is why. And I was like... You're right. I can actually do what I want to do. Yeah, you know? excellent. Yeah, the world needs people like that. You always need someone like that in your life. I always think back to that great line in Shawshank Redemption when he's talking about Andy being a bird that while you're sad when it flies away, you're happy because your life is better for the fact that you got to see it. Yep. Thing. Yeah. Also, thanks to everybody who liked us on the Facebook page this week, facebook.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Everyone who checked out our articles on fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Thanks to everybody that donated this week. We will give you a bit of a shout out later on in the episode. The Twitter, Twitter's been going pretty good this week. Yeah, Twitter has been going well, as always. Yes. At fourfingerpod. And at fourfingerdiscount on Instagram. 
Now, Mitch, Bart the Murderer. I could tell this was an episode you were looking forward to. You've been quoting it here and there. I was. Any time Fat Tony is involved in an episode, I just I think everyone that likes The Simpsons just loves that voice. You know, I completely forgot that this was the first episode he was in. Yeah, right. It didn't okay. dawn on me until I was rewatching because this was an episode I remember that I liked a lot, but I couldn't remember too much. Yeah, I okay. just remember that Bart ended up working for the Mafia, and that's pretty much all I could remember. Yeah. And as I'm watching, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is the first time I can remember Fat Tony. Great casting as well with Joe yeah. Montana playing him and... Yeah, that's something I'm going to have difficulty with, isn't it? it oh, we're trying to pronounce, I've written it phonetically here. So, so, pronounce it for me so I can try and say it. So, well, you could either go Joe Montagna or Joe Montagna. What should I say? What do you think the listeners will appreciate more? What, what will I cop less shit for? I always go Montagna because of the water boy. Water boy is the best linebacker since Joe Montana. Joe Montana was a quarterback, you idiot. I said Joe Montagna. Joe Montagna. That's what I should be saying then, should I? Well, I, I, I hope I, I don't get shit for it. I reckon if you just commit to it, either way... Then it's fine because it's kind of it's like it's one of those I say tomato, you say tomato type things. As long as you just stick to it, you'll be okay. I love to hear what you guys at home how you pronounce Joe Montagna's last name. Joe Montagna. <laughs> Montagna. So send your answers to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount dot com. We've been getting a flurry of emails this week, haven't we? We have mailbag at fourfingerdiscount dot com dot au. New emails worked very very well. Ah, it's so good to separate it from the faff. Yeah, I know. It's just we're still getting people sending in Simpsons news trolls to Facebook. It's not driving me insane but it's like come on guys. that'll be going for months it's just like oh i know you may have just found the news article about it but just leave me alone the now. great trolling of 2016 <laughs> anyway so what could you remember about the episode before we get into the review like what were you looking forward to the most well, what was what stuck in your head from when you were a kid dialogue great dialogue scenes great writing and great performances the back and forth between quimby and fat tony the back and forth between bart and everybody when he starts getting just so full of himself and so cocky uh, but you know, bribing the principal, but taking hundred dollar bills out of his pants. So good, but singing Frank Sinatra. Yeah, all of that stuff. It's just I, I, I eat it all up. I feel like well, I felt like watching this episode that everyone involved was having a good time. Whether it's the writers, the actors, just everyone involved, you can tell they enjoyed this episode. Yeah, for me, the episode has got a lot of similarities with a lot of gangster films. Um, Goodfellas, that's what it's based on. I was going to say, but Goodfellas massively, like how much is Bart Simpson, Henry Hill in this? Just that, you know, I I was sitting there doing in my head, like as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. Like it just, then I was um, singing to myself that damn, it feels good to be a gangster. (laughs) Like I just, this is an episode that kind of makes you, let's Bart live out and you get to live vicariously, that thrill of being connected. Joe Montaigne wasn't the first person to be approached for the role of Fatoni. Okay. Do you know who it was? De Niro. No. Brando. It was actually the an American actor called Sheldon Leonard. I don't know too much about him. Okay. He's not he's not like a, a household name to me anyway, but apparently he couldn't he couldn't they couldn't get him. Okay. So Joe Montaigne was the backup and yep. boy my god they got him because he plays the role perfectly. To perfection. Yeah. It's you almost, could even say that he's superb. Everything about this episode was just funny. Even just the little dialogues he's like superb but saying that stuff like I yeah. did one of my favorite scenes was the bribe. You didn't see nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it slaps the cheeks. Oh my god, that was so funny. I laughed out loud. I replayed it was that good. Yeah. So let's get into the full review. I need more stink lines. <laughs> Sorry. And it was a good throwback too. Yeah. To Bart the Genius, I think. Was it Bart the Genius yeah. for spray paints? I'm the winner. Yeah, it's exactly the same drawing. Yeah. So, the original air date was October 10th, 1991. Now, I cop shit. I think it was either last week or the week before from one of the listeners because I didn't mention the original air date. I oh. must have skimmed straight into the review. Okay. So, apologies. I can't remember who it was. Oh, that's right. But you said you were going to record it later. 
You knew that you didn't do it, and then you said, I'll, I'll drop it in afterwards. And then I got to the editing, and I was like, I can't be bothered unplugging everything again and doing this. Ah, <laughs> that's laziness on your part. You're starting to slip. So, October 10th, 1991, the chop ball gag was high explosives and school don't mix. And the couch gag was the family forms a pyramid with Maggie on top, which is something that I've remembered quite a few times. I think we must have used it again. So, the episode starts off with Bart. He's very happy when he wakes up, because mm. he's going on a field trip, his homework's done, and then the day he's just goes just to shit. He's just having a good... Yeah, he's having a good morning, and then it all falls apart. And I l- really enjoy the writing of that. that yeah. They sold him in such a good mood, and then they just shit on him so hard. But how great is it, though, like when you're a kid at primary school, when you know you're going on an excursion? It, it just feels different to get out of class. Well, it was like when you saw the teacher bringing the TV. You're like, we're not going to be learning anything there. We're going to be watching The Simpsons or something. Yeah, feet up on the desk. Or my school, we used to watch Round the Twist all the time. What did your primary school used to watch? We had like the collection of Round the Twist. It was just on repeat. Oh, do you mean like like if it was wet weather on sports yeah, day or something yeah. like that? Um, you know, as boring as this is, I remember getting wheeled in to watch Behind the News a lot, which was... That was a great show. Yeah, really heavily liberal, I remember now. Like it leaned so hard left, it wasn't funny. If it was I news back for kids. It. Yeah, it was. So they would examine adult issues, but put them across in a in a way that was kid-friendly. So, my school was a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> Come on, kids, we're going to learn about the GST. So, Bart's going through his cereal, and he can't find his badge. Homer's taking his badge. That's the first thing that's gone mm. wrong. That's one of the great things about cereal gimmicks, by the way, because that would be enough to sway me in a cereal aisle. Glow-in-the-dark police badge, I'm all over it. Remember these, like, Tarzos that I have on my wall here? Yeah. I would buy packets of chips as a kid. Wasn't interested in eating the chips. I just wanted the Tarzos. Just wanted the Tarzos. I would throw the chips out. Well, the footy cards. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Homer's taking his badge, as we said, and then he goes up to his bedroom and the dog's eating his homework. And I just love that... You ate my homework? I didn't know dogs really did that. <laughs> did you see the sight gag? Uh, uh, coughs out nine times nine equals 100. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then he misses the bus. My instant thought here, Otto, you are a dick. He's at the door of the bus. Why would you close yeah, the door on him? That was very much typical bus driver behaviour, not auto bus driver behaviour. I, I feel they should have had him maybe running towards the bus, not him get to the door. I suppose it's sort of reiterating the fact that it's just not going right for him this morning when he thought it was going to go good. Mm. And then it starts raining and it stops immediately as he arrives at school. Yep. And then when he arrives, she's like, Mr. Kubuffle's like, you're late, go to the principal's office. And he tries to talk his way out of it. Huh, 40 minutes. That is pretty damn late. Yeah, I, I did love that. That even, just that, Dawning on Bart, like, oh, yeah, I have done something wrong. You have got a good point here. Yeah. <laughs> what was your, like, threshold? Like, if you were going to be late for school, did you ever get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to be more than half an hour late, I'm just not going? I've, it was really hard for me because I lived across the road from my high school for a lot oh, of the time. Really? So, I had no excuse. What, what high school did you go to? Uh, Belmont High, and I lived in Rutherham Street. Uh, literally on the same road as my school. Oh, that sucks, man. But you could mm. go home for lunchtime, could you not? Uh, I could, yeah, as long as no... Te- technically, I wasn't allowed to jump the fence, as long as no teachers were nearby. Really? You could, even if you lived across the street? Yeah, no, they were very strict on that. That sucks, man. Anyway, so then he's trying to show off to the girls. This is Bart. Show off to the girls in the playground. I'm assuming this is something you would have done back in the day as well, though. Yeah. Um, and then his pants split. Um, and then he forgets his, a sli- his permission slip to go to the excursion. And that just solidifies today is has gone The to worst shit. day that he... Yeah, it's gone from great day to the worst day that he's probably lived through. And I really felt sorry for him at this point because... He was very well organised. He had done his homework. W- yeah. Whether it was wrong or not, he had He'd done still something. done it. He put pen to paper. He had got a permission slip actually signed by Marge. Just mm. nothing went right for him. Poor Bart. Yeah. Normally, you don't have any sympathy for him because usually Didn't even it's get his Muppet. badge. Didn't even get his police badge. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I wish they had have used that as a gag later on. Like Homer had a war to the court case or something. 
I thought that it would have been, been a nice little callback. I did like the way that they put it in there straight after Lisa saying, no one wants your stupid badge. And then Homer comes in wearing it so proudly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, 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 just great character moment of, of Homer being a child. Similar to like the last episode when he's just sitting around with the kids making a payout to each other. And yeah, he's joining in. Joining in. Yeah. The, I, I, what I wrote down here in rather Superman-esque form was the father becomes the son. <laughs> So then he gets told he has to stay behind with Skinner and lick envelopes. Now, are we going to mention Seinfeld here? I'm assuming you would have wanted to. Toxic envelopes. <laughs> uh, Simpsons did it first. Simpsons obviously. did it first. Well, Bart didn't, Bart didn't die. die. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to say what the what the comparison is for Seinfeld for those that don't watch Seinfeld? If they don't know, then they not worthy of tell my time. them anyway. <laughs> tell them anyway. Uh, the one of the best. I, I can't believe I didn't include this in last at what last week's best character deaths of all time. But so you were talking when about deaths George, that you didn't expect. I yeah, suppose you didn't, expect, you didn't you, expect this. George is trying to get out of a out of a wedding yeah. for almost all of this season. He's committed to the fact that it's finally happening. The invitations are going out. He just chooses the cheapest ones that he possibly can. Susan, his fiance, starts licking them all and dies from a toxin in the cheap glue. Only Steinfeld could get away with that. Yeah. It's just so unrealistic. Well, could it happen, though? Could it actually happen? I suppose so. Maybe in, like, China or something. <laughs> it depends how toxic it is, I guess. I l- really liked the animation on his tongue, by the way. And then that's not a sentence that I ever thought I would say out loud. <laughs> like, but it was really good. And you also oh, I can see you saying it. <laughs> you also get a good view into Skinner's kind of nerdy, dweeby persona here as well. Like, he's not trying to punish Bart by any means here. That thing of, like, try to make a game of it, see how many you can do in an hour. He's genuinely trying to be fun. Yeah, he is. He's satisfied in work. Yeah. This is my day and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's a really important kind of trait that they lay down for Skinner here. Yeah, and at at the end of the episode, he didn't have to help Bart. No. Bart could have been sent away. He would never have to deal with him ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Out Out of sight, out of mind. It did remind me of a time where I didn't go to an excursion and this um, ultimately w- I had to spend time with the principal on that same day ultimately it led to me being taken away from the school because what happened my dad just went well that's absolute horseshit and pulled me out of there <laughs> everyone was going to the ballet now I was a 10 year old boy so you were really looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> dad's like do you want to go to this I'm like no of course I don't. But almost every other kid went. So I was stuck behind. Most of the teachers went as well. So basically what I got to do in that afternoon, rather than go to the ballet and rather than watch around the twist, which would have been fun, was wander around the school and pick up bits of rubbish. Oh, we had a teacher. Now, God bless him, right? I love him now because I look back and I realize he was the guy that got me into the Beatles. He had a really great taste in music, this teacher. Mm. And he was the one that sort of made me appreciate our responsibility. Because if you did something wrong, he would say, go pick up 50 papers. Yeah, right. And he'd be like, God damn it. There was no, there was all, there was a never-ending stream of paper. I reckon teachers went out in the morning and just (laughs) dropped shit. (laughs) Tip bins upside down. Exactly. (laughs) But anyway, my dad found out about that. And almost in a very Homer-style moment, he's like, he made you do what? (laughs) (laughs) He spanked you? You, Bart Simpson? (laughs) He was down at the school that night demanding to see him. By the end of the week, I was at a different school. He's like, I'm not sending my fucking son to the ballet. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about this is, I don't think... And this is where it ties back to Skinner. The principal wasn't doing it to punish me by any means. Thought it was fun? No, it it was more, I think, that he just... uh, Character building. I'm stuck with... No, no, not even that. I reckon it's more, I'm stuck with this kid. 
I don't know what the fuck to do with him. <laughs> oh, here's, here's, here's a meaningless task. Lick some envelopes. Go pick up paper. Like, it's just that thing of, uh, how do I pass six hours without him getting into too much mischief? Were you the only kid that didn't go? Yep. That's amazing. Maybe two others or something. But yeah, it was virtually- What were they doing? I think it was. I think it was a group paper run. Anyway, getting back to the Simpsons, so they get to the. They show you the other kids at the chocolate factory, and you can understand why Bart was disappointed because every. How kid much goes, fun is that compared to the ballet? The it's chocolate like factory, Willy Wonka, but with less death. You're just running through, and I like the the workers. There's like, please be trying to be sanitary. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> swimming through the chocolate, but then we get the um the film, and this is the first proper appearance from Troy McClure in like an educational film. I'm Troy McClure. You probably remember me from such films as The Revenge of Abe Lincoln and The Wackiest Covered Wagon in the West. I think that's what made this episode feel at home because we got Troy McClure, we got Lionel Hutz, we're starting to get the regulars that haven't appeared in yeah, earlier episodes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I wonder if they wrote both of them in or if they had, like, they maybe originally had written one character and like, well, fuck it, as long as we're getting Phil in. And it fit perfectly though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. I, I loved that educational film as well, how it had the history of chocolate that was just cigars. <laughs> The history of chocolate starts with the ancient Aztecs. In those days, instead of being wrapped in a hygienic package, chocolate was wrapped in a tobacco leaf. And instead of being pure chocolate like we have today, it was mixed with shredded tobacco. And they didn't eat it. They smoked it. And then it cuts back to Bart with Skinner. And it's got the really great gag of him looking at the clock and it goes backwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's- Can I go now? Hmm. It's something like one, one minute, minute early. Yeah. Don't tell your teacher I let you go home early. I don't. <laughs> so Bart gets out early and obviously it starts raining straight away again. Just another great sight gag. And then he, how does he end up? He, he's the skateboard breaks. Skateboard breaks the, and he ends the up. The wheel comes off the axle and tumbles down some steps. What is the mafia's place called? Do you remember? Uh, uh, the legitimate businessman social club. Is it businessman? I thought it was gentleman. A businessman uh, social club. One or, of the other. One of the other. Yeah. 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 I think I did. I write it down. No, it's businessman. It's the legitimate. Yeah. Great title. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, it's, Basically, nothing to see here. <laughs> yes. It's actually kind of great, though. I love how they were willing and not scared to have them point guns at a kid in the cartoon. Yeah, you couldn't do that now. Oh, you don't reckon? Oh, oh. you'd struggle. But you could you could get away with that in the Depends early Depends what station it's on, I guess. On a cartoon, it's a slightly different story. You certainly wouldn't be able to do that in real life, though. Yeah. So, obviously, this is the first appearance from Fat Tony. And I feel like when I was watching it, I wrote down, Bart really suits this environment. Mm. Like, he blends in well. Yeah. And one thing I noticed as well is that each character has their own... I never really looked at it. Each character in the mob has their own identity. Yeah, they're not just five individual... Like, Sorry, they're not just five of the same person. They're all slightly different. Is there different. five, though? It's only really many. Oh, whatever they are. I mean, yeah. But, like, yeah, they. it's not just four suits all talking the same. They've all got their own different little thing. Yeah. So then, obviously, they, they, they're contemplating whether to kill Bart or not. Yeah. They like him, though. He's got some spunk. Yes. And now I'll allow you to explain this thing because you've mentioned it so many times on the podcast before. The whole, I've said the toid race. Yeah, I, well, I just it's this is where for me the episode starts really coming to life. Yeah. With, with all the dialogue. Pick a horse, kid. Shelbyville Downs toid race. Make it a good one. Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. Ah, okay. Let's see. Hey, wait a minute, you little punk. Eat my shorts is in the fifth race. I said the toid race. Don't have a cow. Hmm. Don't have a cow in the toid. Put a deuce on him. I just love that back and forth. of like, I said the toid race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the great gag of how they're playing off Bart's catchphrases. They're already making fun. Like, again, in season three, they're making fun of how popular the show is. And then all of the horses, I don't know if you picked up on all of them, they're all catchphrases. So for the people that aren't aware of them all, they have 
Don't have a cow, man, obviously. Suffer and succotash. Yabba dabba do. That's all, folks. And I am what I am. Yabba dabba That's Popeye, isn't Popeye. it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't pick up on that until I read the notes afterwards, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love, like, there's so much dialogue in this that you could just take it with you in life. Like that, um, don't have a cow on the thleed. Put a deuce on him. <laughs> I love that. It's it's so authentically written. The dialogue, though, in this episode is, a lot of it's so over the top, particularly with, like, the Skinner, where he's like, how did you get past the whole monitor? Like, yeah. it's so, but you can just tell that Harry Shearer would have had so much fun doing this dialogue. Yeah. It's just such a well-written episode. Another thing that I liked about that scene, too, was that they were deciding if Bart didn't get that right, they were going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> His life depended on that race. It's kind of glossed over a little bit with the success of it all. Bart gives no shits. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, so he can pick horses, but can he mix drinks? Make legs of Manhattan. But it was like, I don't know how to do that. And then the, the gun to again. his head again. Yeah. And, and again, like, if I can use my cider as an exa- uh, to recreate this scene. Supoib. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I think that, like, it was hard to tell if you could pick that up in the microphone. The, the mouth movements, we could hear that, yes. Okay, good. It was very, very unsettling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, they hire Bart, basically, and then Marge isn't happy about it. Homer, do something. How much do you earn? <laughs> 30 bucks. I earn more than that. <laughs> he doesn't care what it is. <laughs> Homer says very little in this episode, but everything he says is spot on. Yeah. It's just perfectly written for Homer. Yeah. He, ultimately, what happens here as well, uh, we've spoken about Goodfellas, but there's also a little tie into a film called A Bronx Tale, directed okay. by Robert De Niro, and that's a sort of similar directed. thing. Directed? Yeah. Uh, okay. Chaz Palminteri is in it, and he plays a gangster who starts kind of courting De Niro's son, and De Niro tries to get him out of there. So, uh, similar to the way Homer eventually tries to do but just that gangsters laying on the charm to try and a get the kid, but also win over the parents as well. Mm-hmm. And I love his as he pulls the money out. By the way, like how quickly Bart just is like a sponge with these guys. Like, like oh, thanks, doll. Yeah. yeah. I have got here. I've written. It's a montage, but it's not a montage. It was just the the clip of them playing cards, just to show what it's like. Yeah, all um, aces. Yeah, and a great choice of song too. The one fine day. It's just an upbeat, happy song to show that. Bart has finally found his place. Yeah. I think that's how it's sort of meant to symbolize how Bart's feeling working here. He's enjoying yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah. It's just a great game they have. Like you said, everyone's just got all aces and kings, whatever it is. Yeah. Four aces, five aces. <laughs> and they're watching Itchy and Scratchy, and it's like the cops shooting the criminals. Funny because it's true. Yeah. There's, there's a few little gags in here. I've got a few of them written where it's sort of like a poke at the establishment. I love the amount of times Bart introduces Itchy and Scratchy to corrupt adults, and they love it. He does it with Mr. Burns. Yeah. Um, who else? He does it with someone else. Oh, um, he's Uncle Herb. Yeah. They do do it quite a few times. It's something they've gone back to, but this obviously wasn't the first time. I think Uncle Herb was the first time. Yeah, Uncle Herb would have been the first, then this, and then Burns. Yep, yep. yep. And then Wiggum, who was more serious than usual in this episode, but still a dimwit. Very dim. Yeah. Which I really enjoy. Trying to be serious, though. And I love how condescending Fat Tony is to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's moida? Yeah, <laughs> what's a moida? Don't play dumb with me. Or it's a truck, firstly. Yeah. What's a truck? Yeah. Uh, and I like how he... Bart fixes him a drink and Wiggum takes it. I'm still going to bust you, you know. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and the cigarettes in Bart's room. Another thing that you've mentioned before, I'll let you elaborate how this was once censored. Yeah, so the, the line in there that is definitely not shown on Australia and TV anymore, and I'd like to hear from other people if it is, but it's during the scene where Homer comes in. <laughs> the ridiculousness of Homer that sees thousands of cigarettes and assumes Bart started smoking. <laughs> like, I'm going to make you smoke every one of these. 
And then he comes, the guy comes in, is like, hey, pick up for Fat Tony, as the uh, sarcastic voice guy again. Yeah. And uh, in here, my man, and like, uh, son, I'll never doubt you again. And then the tagline is the guy looking back at him going, hey, kid, you look good with that cigarette. Kind of sophisticated. And I mean, like, it's obviously taking the piss of the stereotype of smoking makes you cool. Yeah. But like, the joke is that the guy genuinely thinks he makes you cool. But I could also understand how to young people that don't understand what irony is, then that's not a joke that you could possibly say to them. That- don't get the subtlety of the joke. Yeah. yeah. But it is hilarious. Oh, I've, of course. God, I laughed so hard. Particularly, I think I've told this before about how when I hadn't seen that joke for years and years and years, and then when I was watching it on the DVD, I was like, what? Yeah. You can't say that. <laughs> So then it cuts to Chief Wiggum announcing on TV at a press conference about the cigarettes going missing, the truckload mm-hmm. of cigarettes. He brings in the guest, who is the, who's the guest speaker, the, the guy that runs Laramie. Laramie. Yeah, yeah. Is essentially Nick Naylor from um, Thank You For Smoking. Yes. So do you want to explain this, well, this conference? The guy from so Laramie, good. like, you know, um, don't worry, no one's going to go out with any, like, rest assured there won't be a shortage. And you just hear this panic, how can we know for sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so desperate. It's so good. It's probably got about three hours of that nicotine by this point. I, f- I feel like I laughed too much at that. Yeah. Like, it didn't need to be that funny, but it just was to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just so instant over the top. And what's he even doing at the press conference? Yeah. <laughs> And then he says that Tony, Wiggum says that- Fat Tony is a cancer on this fair city. He is the cancer and I'm the- Rocky was cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's at this point where Bart starts to realise maybe my bosses are actually criminals. Yeah. I, I like Bart sitting there with an emery board just filing his nails and he's wearing a ring what? on his pink. <laughs> like he's just God so over the top in gangster life. Why is he filing his nails though? Is that a gangster thing? No. Well, it's just that kind of he's taking care of his appearance. A little okay. bit of cool- a little bit of sophistication in his life. Yeah. So then he goes to ask the mobsters, are you guys criminals? They deny it. And then we get the and stealing theory. Fat Tony explains away stealing in a way that makes you feel like he's the good guy. Is it wrong to steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving family? No. Well, suppose you got a large starving family. Is it wrong to steal a truckload of bread to feed them? Uh-uh. And what if your family don't like bread? They like cigarettes. I guess that's okay. Now... What if instead of giving them away, you sold them at a price that was practically giving them away? Would that be a crime, Bart? Hell no. I would believe it. I did believe it. <laughs> it makes complete sense. I'd like to know if anyone's tried it as a legitimate criminal defense in real life. <laughs> no, I've tried it before. Surely OJ Simpson gave it a crack at some point. <laughs> then Bart walks in singing Witchcraft by uh, yeah. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Terrible singing voice. You reckon? Oh. I almost preferred it to Frank. No way, man. When I, he says when he says the witchcraft, it's witchcraft. It's just bad. Oh uh, yeah, maybe not witchcraft, but the um those fingers through my hair. Like maybe I, I enjoy. It's not better than Sinatra. Let's be serious. <laughs> I, I I think I'm, I enjoy the fact that I like a song that's off key almost more than a sorry, a voice that's a little bit off yeah. than voices that are perfect sometimes. And I just like that there was that little bit of edge and feeling to it. Mm-hmm. But more to the point, yeah, I just really. Doug that Bart even knows what witchcraft is. He's in the zone in his now, blue isn't he? suit. Because <laughs> they give him the suit. Because what do they give him the suit for? Uh, was it? Is it just for oh, not because washing? He, yeah, because he because he, he was hiding the cigarettes for him and he still wants to be a part of it. Yeah, because yeah. he believed their theory about stealing. Yeah. Uh, so Marge isn't happy and she notices the truck at the front that's listening to them speaking. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to deliver a pizza? And once they realise they drive off, she tells Homer to go ask the mobs or go see the mobs, make sure they're you know, not criminals. Yeah. As Homer leaves. Flowers by Irene. <laughs> it pulls up. And then they convince Homer. They would they are very convincing these mobsters. They are yeah. they are charming, to say the least. Yeah. I, I feel like they're more charming in this episode than any other one. 
They're more sort of upfront. They're not very threatening at any point in this episode. Outside of when they're trying to, like, threatening to kill him in the beginning. But it's not, they're not trying to lean on anybody. They're just kind of going about their business. I didn't like, though, when they threw Bart under the bus in the courtroom. I was like, you sons of bitches. Oh, but that's exactly what happens I, in the mafia. That's, the re- that's so real, though, isn't it? Yeah. This, this episode is great. It's so realistic. As ridiculous as it may seem at certain points, though, I will say that. Mm. So, Oh, sorry. I've just glanced down at my notes and yeah. noticed one of my favorite quotes from Bart in the entire episode as well. When he like sings his witchcraft and then looks at Marge, give me three fingers of milk, Ma. <laughs> 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 that is so goddamn good. For those, I mean, for people who may not know, and I, don't, I hate to sound condescending, but so the idea of three fingers is like three fingers of scotch is if you put three fingers against a glass, that's how high to fill it. Yeah. Just explaining the joke if I need to. That's fine. I'm sure there's some people that didn't quite understand it. So, uh, then it cuts to the school and Bart's got his friend spray painting I'm a wiener, which is from Bart, Bart the Genius. Bart the Genius, yeah, yes. Said. That's like the second episode ever? Yeah, after the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. So, a very good throwback. I didn't know why they had it drawn the exact same picture, but maybe it was just meant to be a throwback. I'm yeah. not too sure. And then the bribe to Principal Skinner yep. is amazing. You didn't see nothing. And just slap in the face. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it cuts the butt. But what I love, riding the chalk, still in his suit. Oh, really? Like, he's got the suit jacket off, though, which suggests that it's been hard work. It's slightly (laughs) rolled his sleeves up. (laughs) That's right, yeah, it's sleeves. Fucking amazing. (laughs) Little attention to detail. It would have been so easy to just go, have him in the suit, because that's what he's wearing this scene. Someone's thought and gone, no, he wouldn't be doing that. It's it's the end of a long whiteboarding session. He's going to have had to take that He's off. He's sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the, the directing of it where you don't see Skinner react. It just cuts the bar right cuts into to it. And Skinner's just proudly watching over it. <laughs> the best way they could have directed that scene. So then Bart is obviously really pissed off with Skinner because... Uh, he's holding back for to write on the chalk, and this is where the, the flat, flavorless Manhattan scene happens. What have I done to deserve this flat, flavorless Manhattan? When, when you were mentioning that last week and a few weeks before that, I couldn't remember who it was that says that. I, for some reason, thought it was the Don. You know, oh, the okay, guy, yeah. like the guy in the white suit. Yeah. And then when I watched it, I was like, ah, oh, that's right. And then this is where the episode, the, the main story of the episode kicks in, I guess. Would you say? Yeah. Would you, so this story has this episode has two stories. Bart becoming part of the mob and then the Skinner fiasco? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And it's not so much like a subplot. It's more just two. One kind of runs concurrent to the other, but doesn't start until halfway through. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a subplot at all. It's, it becomes more, the it's main like story. It's like a passing of the baton more yeah. than anything. Yeah. So, obviously, so Skinner's held back Bart and Fat love- Tony's invited people over to try out this new Manhattan that a yeah. new worker can do. Bart's not there because of Skinner and they gives him the kiss of death. You promised me the best Manhattan. Uh, I... I love Fat Tony's response. The kiss of death. That's all I need. <laughs> like a guy that's got a flat tire. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? God damn it. So then, Could this week get any worse? So then Bart rocks up and he's all pissed off. <laughs> and then Fat Tony asks him what's going on. They're gonna say, they say they're going to go see Skinner and mm. like, make him pay. Bart has a shot of milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? Just to himself. Yeah, just so, so annoyed. That's a shot of milk. And then it cuts to the uh, mobsters, so Tony and the guys at Skinner's office, and we get the... Some large men to see you, sir. I don't have an appointment with any large men. You, Skinner. I'm Principal Skinner, yes. And how, may I ask, did you get past the hall monitors? Is that even meant to be a gay joke? No, it's not to be not meant to be a gay. It's just meant to be it's ridiculous. Who would? Yeah, like who's going to book that in? Yeah. So and then, how did you get past the whole mother? Yeah. <laughs> what I did like later on in the episode is when you find out what really happened. Yeah, that he yelled on. Okay, don't yell. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 just politely walk yeah. out. The businessman. 
And then Bart starts drawing Skinner dead. Now, do you think this was a bit much, having Bart draw Skinner dying and hanging? Uh, no, because it helps with the foreboding of what was going to happen. Yeah, good point. I just know whether it was a bit much and to have a that, kid doing that. Uh, yeah, well, maybe. But, I mean, from a pure plot point of view, be careful what you wish for yep. type arrangement. What I didn't understand is, was that meant to be the same day as they went and saw Mr. Principal Skinner? Because it's like almost immediately, Principal Skinner's gone missing. Like, how did they know he'd gone missing? I guess, well, the way you're watching it the first time, you assume it would be. But then in hindsight, with what's happened, it must have been the day after. At the very, it would have, well, it had to have been the day after. Oh, because he stayed back late, didn't he? Yeah. That's what, it it makes sense now. Makes complete sense to me now. Thank you, so. That's right. (laughs) I'm glad I can spell out (laughs) the plot of a fairly simple A to B (laughs) storyline. So Skinner's missing, as we said, and the search for Skinner is amazing. My, my favourite part was when they interview Willie. Yeah, well, I thought I found him, but it was only a cat. And then the, how good is the um the missing signs posted on polls? Have you seen my body today? Yeah, it's just little subtle jokes like that. Little The Simpsons is really starting to find its groove now. It's yep. starting to really become the classic Simpsons. And then Wiggum at the press conference. We're using an advanced technique, psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And also I love that the psychic just keeps descending into celebrity predictions. Yes. Really? Willie Nelson? And Wigan buys into a wall. And they get the Seymour Skinner Memorial fire hose or something along those lines. Yeah. All the kids have their theories as to what's happened to Skinner. Yeah. Well, I heard Skinner's buried under his parking spot. Well, I heard he was ground up into hamburger and served to us at lunch. I heard Bart had Skinner killed by gangsters. That's not true. It's just a rumor. You're engaged in speculation. I know the law. You can't prove anything. It's very much like that old line that, I didn't do it, nobody saw me do it, you can't prove anything. Yeah. That's one of his most famous catchphrases. He, he does get very defensive, but you can understand why. And if you were in that situation, wouldn't you be shitting your pants? Uh, yeah, largely. <laughs> Probably, yeah, Dana, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, the reason yeah. this guy's dead. You know, the times that I've found myself dealing with gangsters in the past have not been... <laughs> have you ever had a run-in with someone who even has a connection to... A bikey gang or a gang, like a mob of some kind. Look, I've no people, but I wouldn't say I've had a run in. So, like, no, no, like nothing that's ever made me, nothing that's ever given me pause to think mm, maybe it's time to change my appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I have, but I won't get into it. <laughs> so okay. you can tell have, me that one off it. <laughs> we have a really great dream sequence. I have a, a new one of the best. Of, I have a newfound appreciation for these sequences after you've pointed them out. How great they actually are. And how creative they. Like, creatively they are with the animation. This one in particular is probably one of my favourites. But it reminded me of the um the one from Bart Sells His Soul. That that kind okay. of that kind of drawing, the the, the colour scheme of it all. Yeah, okay. Just, yep. I don't know what it just looking at it visually reminded me of it. But um it goes on for a really long time, but it's me. a great it's a great dream sequence. Skinner's voice reminded me of the Jebediah Springfield talking about Yeah. Like the you know, the head talking to him, but there's just that you killed me, Bart. Yeah. It's got that kind of same deep intonation about what's going on. I was quite taken aback a bit when they showed him hanging. Hanging in the meat hook? I was like, that. ooh, okay. Yeah. I love the one under the water with his feet in concrete. Yeah. <laughs> How well did I do that? I <laughs> know, oh, that was spot on. As we said, though, great, great dream sequence. Look, this was easily one of the best, I think. Easily the best we've had so far. Best anyway. so far by a long way, yeah. Not just for the visuals, but the, the writing of it mm. all. You know, I'd forgotten about the dream sequence, actually, until re-watching it. Yeah, so, Yeah, really enjoyed it. So then Bart questions uh, the mobsters, did you kill Skinner? Like, was it you guys? They deny it. What's a mitre? Yeah, and then they get arrested for murder. Now, we cut to Bart in the prison cell. Did you notice how beefed up Sideshow Bob was? Why was Bob there? He's framed Krusty, hasn't he? So he's still in prison for that. But like, he hasn't come back since, but... Uh, I don't, do you think this... Because isn't Black Widow in this season? Yes. And that was the first time where they had him... Was it maybe foreboding... 
was it meant to be foreboding, or do you think they de- they wrote this and designed this and well, or produced it? I should say before realizing they were going to actually turn him into a proper character because he looked like dog shit in this scene. Yeah, he wasn't drawn very well at all. No, massive arms and all sorts of business. He didn't look right at no. all. It just I, I feel like that's something that I feel like Matt Groening wishes he could go back and take out. Yeah, possibly. It's interesting, given that they'd never used him since, it is interesting that they had him in there at all. Like, why would you have a character... Just have a generic muscle man. Yeah, why would you have a character who's played a key role in the show there and not acknowledge it or have him speak or something? Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know, it just didn't, doesn't feel right when you're looking at it. But unless anyway... Unless they were working, like, unless it was, the animation was screwed, but they were still working on that angle of setting forth, thoughts, like, setting up the fact that Bart wants... Sorry, the Bob wants redemption. So, he's kind of looking very menacingly at Bart. And he's drawn there to make Bart look small. Mm. So, that might be trying to foreshadow that. I guess so. The only way we'd know is if we asked the directors at the time. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. if anyone knows them. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. So, then obviously we get Lionel Hutz. This is the, this is the first time he's appeared since Spikers Hit by a Car, I believe. I think so. His first, ma- his first, first major thing to this do. This is the anyway. first time where he feels like Lionel Hutz because the voice is different now. Yeah. The first time it just sort of felt like uh, Phil Hartman just speaking, didn't it? From a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't really a character. Now it's a now it's the Lionel Hutz voice. Yeah. And it feels like Lionel Hutz, and it's the classic Lionel Hutz, court appointed attorney. I'll be defending you on the charge of murder one. Wow! Even if I lose, I'll be famous. I did notice here too that he reintroduces himself. Now, do you feel like they did that in case the people who were new to the show didn't see him the first time? Yeah, possibly, but doesn't he? He introduces himself a lot, doesn't he? It's almost his catchphrase. Lionel Hutz, attorney at law. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, it's just something I thought of on the spot, but yeah, that makes sense as well. Then it cuts to Mr. Burns. This is something here I feel they whacked in purely as a jab at the powers that be. That Simpson boy is looking at 180 years. Thank God we live in a country so hysterical over crime that a 10-year-old child can be tried as an adult. Burns and Smithers played no other role in this episode than purely for that gag. Like that gag in, yeah. Do you feel that they needed that gag? Or do you feel that was they just something they wanted in there? That was just something they wanted. Like, no, the episode doesn't need it. It's not a bad joke by any means, and it didn't really interrupt the flow. Is it a political statement? Yeah, massively. That's that's all. It, it's just, it is there. It exists purely for them to make a point. So then we cut to the court case. And they just throw Bart under the bus. I felt so sorry for him. Yeah. He'd done nothing wrong by them. Yeah, but- that's the kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's him right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, Don Bartholomew. But racketeering, prostitution, the kid, <laughs> the kid had a hand in it all. I love... Oh, it's true, it's true, all the pieces fit. <laughs> oh, so great how easy Homer just falls for it. Yeah. <laughs> he just throws his own son under the bus. It's kind of like when he does it in the Simpsons movie, but he, in the Simpsons movie, he does it because he's being selfish. You yeah. know when he blames Bart and he's strapped to the pole naked? Yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm at my wit's end. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very much like that. They have a little uh, Scarface reference in here as well. Yeah. The um, the diagram with Bart at the top of the tree. Oh, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. A little reference. I did like that, as we said before, just how realistic that is, though, because that's exactly what people in the mob would do. They mm. would be throwing anyone under the bus. And what's great about it is with the and writing... never the big guy. With, yeah, with, with their writing... They, they actually covered their tracks throughout the episode so that they used Bart to an extent that they knew if they got caught that Bart would be the guy to take the fall. Yeah. It was just really good writing. Another thing, just before Skinner walks in, there's a shot of the judge 
who's about to sentence Bart, and it's from his perspective, basically, where he's sort of looking from the side of the judge's head. It's really great animation. So go back and check it out. It's just, it makes Bart look like he's one inch tall. Okay. It's just, it's sort of that real domineering, I'm about to sentence you to life in prison kind of, yep. it's really good animation. So go back and check it out. But then, obviously, as you said, Skinner walks in. <laughs> Principal Skinner! I thought he was dead. And tells the pissiest MacGyver survival story <laughs> it's so good. of all time. And it kind of fits in with Skinner's dweeby, there's a task to be done attitude. So he comes home and enjoys the fact that he's about to go through and start bundling up his old newspapers. Um, interesting to note, Skinner not living with his mum at this point, clearly. Otherwise, someone would have realised that he'd been alone in the garage uh, for several days. That is a good point, because he, well, he does say his mum's... Delicious preserves. Preserves, yeah, but... And I just assume she must live there, but she, yeah, she mustn't, yeah. Just made them for him. Yeah. yeah. So, it gets a little bit of Mother's Boy reference in, but not to the point that he's still living at home. So, then, obviously, the papers fall on Papers him. fall over on him, and then, yeah, so he... he started, <laughs> the only way to keep sane for him is by bas- bouncing a basketball, seeing how many times he could bounce it in an hour. With and, his only free hand. Yes. <laughs> To stay staying alive on the preserves. And then this is where, like, the science brain of Skinner kicks in. He manages to fashion a rocket out of, what was it, carbon? Uh, not carbon. Um, what did he pour in there? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, it was lemon juice it's squirted onto something. McGregor-esque. Yeah. Um, on a vacuum cleaner. It, yeah, to make a rocket the from based on a school experiment. Like, everything that he knows, you feel, has come from classroom experience. Yeah. And then... Yeah, Rocket blasts him to freedom. <laughs> he's hanging from a vacuum. Yeah. I just love how disheveled he looked. Yeah. When he walked in. I think he was rocking it. Like he, like David Coveney style. Yeah. Like, like he, in Californication. They should have rugged hair more often. Yeah. He, he really looked good. The animation in this episode as well as the dialogue was just absolutely spot on. Apart from Bob. But I did like that after he's revealed that he's not dead, so Bart can't be guilty can't be of guilty. murder. Yep. And then the prosecution, we want that testimony stricken from the record. Denied! <laughs> <laughs> And then, classic huts. Your Honor, uh, do I still get paid? Does he still get paid? Well, I presume so. Uh, he'd be, I mean, he still worked. Did he? <laughs> Did he, <laughs> he do was it? there. I assume he was assigned by the state. Yeah, court-ordered lawyer. Yeah, he has to get paid. Has to get something. <laughs> just because the, the case was thrown out doesn't mean that you... Lawyers get paid for putting shoes on. Yeah, <laughs> for breathing. Exactly. I was thinking about you. That's That contributed to your billing hours. Yes. So, Fat Tony apologizes. Bart's not interested at all. He's basically saying, crime doesn't pay. Fat Tony says, you're right. Gets into a limo with a beautiful lady. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it cuts to something that we both completely forgot about. The blood on the blackboard. Blood Bart's, on the blackboard. How great is with it? With Joe Montagna as, as Fat Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I appreciated that. Starring TV's Doogie Howser, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> if you had asked me yesterday, was he ever a guest star on the show? Or in the first 10 seasons? No. Nah. Well, was he a guest? I think it was just the... I don't know if he voiced the role. I didn't look at the credits. I assume yeah, it was he did. Just, yeah. oh, he did really. Yes. Oh, I thought it was just a bad caricature of. No, it was really him. Okay, that's really cool. For people our age, Neil Patrick Harris had this weird thing where, like, I never watched Doogie Howser, so we didn't really know Neither. who he was until as Barney in How I, I Met Your Mother. I knew him as the guy from Starship Troopers, the smart guy. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> He's doing your part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know more? Do you want to know more? God, I love that movie. <laughs> so good. Oh, that, like they have that nice little gag in there about TV rights. Another jab at the system, yeah. They say that they've changed it just enough so we don't get paid. Oh, you know who the real crooks are? Those sleazy Hollywood producers. Like we said, I think The Simpsons is really starting to find their groove. They're starting to realise they can get away with a lot more and they're starting to take risks. Yeah. Particularly like having guns pointed at kids and whatnot. Final thoughts on this episode. 
I knew it was a great episode, but it really solidified to me, going back and watching it now that I'm older, just how amazing it was. There's not much you can really point fault with it besides maybe Sasha really. Bob. This is one of the episodes that can set it apart from, that, you know, goes towards setting The Simpsons apart from other TV yeah. shows, where it's less a cartoon episode and more like a 22-minute short story that's very good. The MacGyver ending, where he sort of gets through the vacuum cleaner, is ridiculous, but it's meant to be. Yeah. Because MacGyver is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, it works. It doesn't, like, it, it just fits with the story. Yeah. What do we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned vaguely how to make a Manhattan. I know that there needs to be a cherry in there. Ah, yes, very true. What I, did you learn? I learned that Principal Skinner was once a grade four science teacher. Hmm. And so, with that, let's get into some trivia now. Okay. I've got, I've got nothing. You've got nothing? I do you do I, any work here? I thought I'd be the one that did nothing this week. Well, congratulations. This is an episode <laughs> that will never go to air. <laughs> no one will be around to edit it. So, um, what have you got in regards to trivia? I know you had a couple, but we've already run through them. You've got, you've, you've got the complete guide to our favourite family in front of you. Maybe just whip out some You know what that. it did? No, well, I, the, the complete guide to our favourite family has cost me once again, where I spent... Nearly every week this 40 seconds at least, freeze-framing something and going through it page by, like, frame by frame to yep. finally get the frame where the writing was clear enough for me to make out what it said. That's what we do in our spare time, people. And then I get the book, and it's the first thing that I read in there. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, no, I was going to ask you some questions about the serial in the beginning of the episode. Uh, firstly, did you take any notice of the cereal that Lisa was eating? No, I didn't. I, I was going to make this my trivia. Damn it. What yeah. was it? They were Jackie O's, Jackie O's. giving away free stretch pants. Uh, stretch pants, of course, yes. Yep. The uh, second question also relating to cereal. Well, this one's not a question because there's no way you would have known this, but the other cereals in the cupboard that's, were... That's what I was going to look at, the things in the cupboard. Kelp yeah. checks and Vita pillars. I knew one of them had kelp, yep. yep. <laughs> uh, what was the catchphrase on Krusty Flakes? No idea. Only sugar has more sugar. Oh, nice. Also a nice little joke about you know how bad cereal is yep. for you. But the fact that they use toys to make you want to eat it. The mail! The mail is here! Woo! Yes, that's right. It is mailbag. But first, I need to give a shout out to the man. What's his name that gave us a donation this week, Mitchell? Mr. Jason Gardner. Thank you so much for your donation this week, sir. Much appreciated. Now, if you want to donate to the show, you don't have to, but we would appreciate it. It's uh, fourfigurediscount.com.au forward slash donate. Could be one dollar, could be a million dollars. We would probably appreciate the latter, but it's up to you how much you want to donate to us. If you don't, you don't have to if you don't want to. But like we said, appreciate all the donations that come through. So fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Going to interrupt the mailbag for a moment, just so early. We're watching, currently watching the ICC World T Twenty, and uh, watching England die. Yeah, England are currently five for fifty against Afghanistan. Is it Afghanistan? Yeah, like they're. As minnow as minnow gets. You know what's funny? I was talking to Nicola's dad on Skype, well, but both were, mm. and he was bragging about how good England's win was last week or something. Yeah, right. Where they, ca- would... they came back from like the biggest total ever or something. An Aust- yeah, they chased down 230. It was crazy. But as an Australian, I would love nothing more than to watch England lose to, to, <laughs> a, no- to a nothing cricket team. It's kind of like you watching Geelong lose to Melbourne. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in the mailbag... Susie has written in. This is actually, this goes back a few weeks, this question. Are you guys planning to do another live running commentary podcast of a movie? Now, I didn't discuss this with you. I just saw that there and went, oh, that's an interesting one. Are we planning to do a live commentary of any other movies? We'd love to. Okay. I don't if it's viable, though. Like, are people interested in listening to it? Well, I think there's been some... Non-Simpsons related. Would you guys be interested in non-Simpsons related movies? Because would we have to create it as a separate podcast? That'd be so much work, and I don't think anyone would listen to it. And so I'd rather just, do it under this banner. But it, but I wouldn't want to piss people off. People liked our Force Awakens review. 
That was a review. That was at the end of an of an episode, though. It wasn't. It was a, yeah, we were was a Christmas special. Christmas, though, we didn't talk about Simpsons at all then. Well, if you okay, folks, if you're listening to this now, and Susie's you, put the call out. So mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We really do want to do uh, commentaries on other movies that we, for example, what we're we talking about before, Starship Troopers. Yep. I immediately thought I would love to do a commentary on that. Great movie. Yeah. But we'll only do it if you guys want to hear it because we don't want our your feed of Four Finger Discount to be filled with movie commentaries that you aren't interested in. Yeah, that's true. We'd, if we were going to do them, we'd have to be Once relatively. Yeah, I think we should slow, make. We'd have or to, yeah. maybe we could find some way to do it as an exclusive that people could find. Yeah, something along those lines on the YouTube channel or something like that. But yeah, de- it's something we're definitely interested in. But you'd ha- you guys have to let us know if you are as well, and tell us what movies you'd like to hear us do a commentary on or a review on, or just tell us any other content you guys would like us to do. Mailbag at Four Finger Discount. We're open to any ideas. So, what is Susie? What was that? Just the the question? Yeah, was that was the whole, else. No, that okay. was the whole question. Okay, cool. Yeah, what's next then, Mitch? Uh, okay, so the you know I, that's it for questions this week. So, guys, get your questions in, please, because what I do have though is a whole bunch of correspondence and some good stories that have been sent through from other people to the mailbag. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read these out uh, in in lieu of any actual questions. And if you sent questions this week. And we're not they're obviously not going to be read out now. So stay tuned for next week or the next couple of weeks. We will get to all the questions that were sent yeah. this week because we got a shitload to mailbag at Four Finger Discount. Ruary Rue Fraser uh, wrote in to correct us about last week's episode that it was one in seven people are left-handed. Oh, a couple of people sent that in. They're like, "You guys have no idea how many left-handed people there are in the world." I was like, "We, we said, well, no, we said, <laughs> who the hell cares?" <laughs> like, we're sorry. Uh, stop, stop, don't yell. It's yeah, like it's. Oh. <laughs> Stop looking at England losing and ask the damn question. I'll I'm do looking, the correspondence. I'm looking for the questions. Uh, Jason writes in to say, still loving the podcast. Jason well, who, sorry? Haven't got a last name. Okay, Otherwise, cool, I would have read it out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's Jason Gardner. Oh, Jason, Gar- Jason Gardner, <laughs> our uh, fantastic uh, donor, donor of the week, also wrote in saying, still loving the podcast. I'll admit it's not as fun listening to it on the way to work as it was last year while hiking in Chile on my honeymoon. Oh, so the, sh- the show has not decreasing quality. No, if anything... His lifestyle has. <laughs> well, no. See, I read that as well. I was like, oh, it's not as fun. But then the next paragraph, just wanted to congratulate you guys on how well your podcast style is evolving. It's great having listened from season one and seeing the development of the quality of the show as well as the recent explosion of the news site trolls. Uh, on last week's podcast, you guys were discussing some of the Simpsons references you make with your wives and asked if any others have similar habits. Mm. Well, I just wanted to throw my two cents in. Yes, that was a Kent Brockman reference. Uh, I almost always answer the phone to my wife with, Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burns style, and when answering a phone conversation or leaving the house, we'll finish it off with a bye. Nicola wouldn't get it. I don't think it would upset her. Maybe if I did it every time, she'd be sick of it. She she would probably like a hoi hoi. Would yeah. Ash like a hoi hoi? I think it's it's funny. Oh, yeah, enough. that'd be okay. It's funny. <laughs> Jason's wife obviously loves The Simpsons as well, though, because whenever they're having a vent to other people about something, we'll listen intently, give each other a stroke or pat on the back or head, but gradually start to get harder and harder <laughs> and harder until the other screams, like Warren. Warren. <laughs> That's great. You so, married you married a keeper there, man. Did you ever? Fun with just, oh, that's fantastic. How great would it be to be married to someone that is like as obsessed as the Simpsons as we are? Yeah. We still love our wives. Don't think it's yeah. wrong. But, but that would be some sort of cherry on a cake. I have to just say, Ash, you, if you're listening to this, I, I was very quick to say yeah then. It's because I was reading something and didn't actually listen to what Dando said. Oh, no, no, no. And it wasn't until afterwards. I went, what did I just agree to? He read nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Hawkins writes in. Yeah, he was in regards to uh, writing in regards to some of the best deaths. I was talking about movie deaths at the end of last week's episode. I feel like Phil's written to the show before, maybe donated. I feel like I've known the name before. Okay, continue. Slight spoilers here. 
we have... So, uh, The Departed is one of his greats. Um, okay, if you haven't seen The Departed... That, well, yeah, okay. We just, there's it's a your p- own fault. There's a particular scene towards the latter half of the movie that's just... Well, as he put it, caught him completely off guard. Yeah, no, fuck it. I'm going to tell you. It's Leonardo DiCaprio walking out of the elevator. You think that this is his moment of triumph. He's caught the bad guys. He's on his way out and then fucking... Boop, yep. Dead. And that's it. He's just mm. gone. Yeah, just, just gone. Yeah. And then Damon, like, you know, the, just shoots the guy that saved him. Yeah. Just instantly, like, all right, bang. It's like, the departed, at the end of the departed, everybody dies. Like, that's that's what the movie is. It's like Game of Thrones, basically. It just yeah. goes ballistic. But it's it's done, it's not like a throwaway everyone dies things. It's just this clean up, everyone trying to make life simple by getting rid of everybody else. Yeah. Which is um, oh, so, so phenomenal. Like good. Uh, the opening to Dark Knight, how Heath Ledger's getting anyone to kill each other so they get more money. Yeah. Uh, he's also gone for TV. Oh, he said for TV. Uh, well, actually, great death scene is the wood chipper scene from Fargo. Something about uh, both horrifying and hilarious about it at the same time. Still haven't watched Fargo. Oh, you still haven't? Oh, the you movie I have. The movie where he's shoving the body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for TV, it's hard to go past Breaking Bad. Some really insane deaths. No spoilers, so we'll leave it at Aussie Man Dias, and hopefully fans know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. That is one of the greatest hours of television to have ever been made. Everyone involved, pat yourselves on the back. It was phenomenal. I assume Brian Cranston does listen to this show. We can't say who it is because it's such a key element to the final season of Breaking Bad. Oh, man. Yeah, no, this was, yes. That is one of the biggest gut-punch deaths. You feel like it could be coming, but you just don't want it to. just didn't deserve it to happen. Uh, We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Go watch Breaking Bad if you haven't. I assume everyone has. If you haven't, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. You shouldn't be listening to two idiots talk about a TV show if you haven't seen that TV show first. I didn't cry at that, but I was just like, I can't believe it. Like, I, yeah. I, usually when someone dies in a TV show, it means nothing to me. Yeah. This person had a family. Mm. He did nothing wrong. Yeah. It was, for me, like, again, to go back to The Wire, when Bubbles' mate, whoever he is, like, Bubbles oh, yeah. kind of starts looking after this dude who's getting beaten up by some street tough. Bubbles concocts, like, this heroin mix with some poison, so he's going to give it to... Th- no, I think the street guy's beating up Bubbles. That's Bub- right. Yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna and he's me, always yeah. taking his gear off him. So, Bubbles is like, well, fuck it. I'm gonna- he's going to use my heroin. I'll put some stuff into it that'll kill him. And then Bubbles' mate that he sort of sells T-shirts with is just going through his jacket, finds some heroin, is like, sweet, score. Bubbles just comes to him and finds him dead. He's just some young kid. Yeah. And just the... Pain in bubbles, and you know he's just this nothing homeless guy, but he just hurt so much in that that it just made me want to rip my own heart out for him. I think the Breaking Bad one hurt me more because I invested so much time into that character. That's fair, yeah. Enough spoilers. Next, sad. Ne- next one. <laughs> uh, Dexter is the biggest show betrayal. Final yep. seasons. Holy shit, were they awful? Uh, Martin Cooper has written in about dreams. Okay. Um, so uh, I apparently I don't remember doing this, but I'd mentioned that I wanted to hear some of the dreams that fans had featuring the two of us. Well, no shit. Someone's dreamt about us. I recently moved out of uni, so I've been operating on a very limited budget. Not too long ago, I had a dream where I was in Target and found a few household items that I deemed necessary. Doesn't specify what they were, but I'm going to imagine that one of them was a coffee pot. The other was a ironing board. However, I couldn't bring myself to pay for them, so I stole them. I know. My dream self began to feel so bad that I eventually went to Target to turn myself in. Guess who was the manager? You. This guy right here. (laughs) I said something along the lines of, thanks for the honesty. I'll let it slide this time, but don't let it happen again. So basically, thanks, Mitch. I've never met you, but at least in my mind, you're a good guy. 
Oh, he has a question here. Also, what's your favourite mask? Oh, so I didn't appear in the dream. Clearly, you're the fucking favourite then. Yeah, well, <laughs> sorry. I just have a, a voice that lingers. Costanza. <laughs> um, what's your favourite Marge job? I'm a fan of her as a realtor because it evokes the idea of old Gil having a shed full of partition walls at his house. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for the show. Keep it up. And I'll tell you if I have any more dreams about you. I do like the Marge as a cop. Purely because of just the, the whole... She's a woman, she can't do it yeah. aspect. They always struggle with the wall. Yeah, whenever, <laughs> whenever I think of that episode, I think of, oh, a garage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that that scene's great. Uh, yeah, that's probably my favourite as well, actually. It was, yeah, I was going to go to, to that immediately. And that has one of the scenes that always gets cut out on TV as well, where it has the, forget about the badge, when are we going to get the freaking guns? That, yeah. that always gets cut out on TV. P.S. Uh, Martin is left-handed and can confirm everything except driving is barely worth doing when you're a left-hander. <laughs> uh, okay, now we've got one more story that's come in. Okay. Um, so, I'm enjoying this, actually, almost more than questions, because I don't have to do the work here. I just have to read these out. Send in more of these stories to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount. What's, what's the story for next week? Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, next week, I would like to know... Run-ins with the mafia? Yeah, run-ins <laughs> with criminals. When have you just had Just criminals something- in general, yeah. Criminals in general, mafia preferred, but when have you had something happen that was clearly suspect? Or, or if you accidentally were a criminal without realising. When did crime pay? Yes. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Now, time for the last correspondence. The last one. Now, this is about cheapskates. You can still send in cheapskate stories for me. So, people who are (laughs) tight. Okay, so from Katie Long. This is my favourite story uh, from the time that I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. He and his family were proper cheapskates. (laughs) Not just cheapskates, but proper cheapskates. They would... In England, though, that's a thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, always made out like they had millions in the bank. Basically, this is a story about an awkward transaction that happened between us after I officially decided to break up with him, which coincidentally was on his birthday. I love a good birthday breakup or New Year's. I've broken up with like three people on New Year's. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. It's something about everyone else being happy that just makes me go, fuck this. Yeah, you're the one that people dream about. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I'm a good guy in subconsciousness. Anyway, the day came to swap possessions. So, you know what it's like when you break up. You've always got someone else's stuff in the other person's house and you've got to get it back because you really want those Tarzos because there's a gap on your wall. You know, you know what I did once? <laughs> Bought someone a TV, right? You demanded the TV back. Went back to the house. Didn't say a word. Walked into the bedroom, unplugged the television mid-show and walked out with it. <laughs> 52-inch television. Picked it up and walked straight out with it. <laughs> I have... A story to tell about that in a moment. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't use names, but I can tell the story. <laughs> Someone that went one step too far. Okay. Anyway, so um, Cooper um, came to meet her with one of those, you know, like the canvas bags or like kind of plasticky type bags. You, the bags you can buy from a supermarket. Shopping ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah shopping yeah. bags. So, it's a Tesco 10p, 10 pence carrier yeah. bag. Uh, full of my stuff, DVDs, spare clothes, and stuff like that that was in his house. During the exchange, he was handing things one by one out of the bag. I started to get frustrated, getting the feeling that he was just trying to draw out the exchange in the hope to talk to me to persuade me to stay with him. I attempted to grab the bag nicely to get everything in one go. However, she kept putting Cooper in quotation marks. I'm wondering if maybe she's changed his name. Yeah. However, Cooper then stopped me and grabbed the bag back. I was puzzled by this. Uh, and said, I'm sure it's all there. Just give me the bag. I need to go and meet my friends. To which he replied, no, I can't give you my bag. It's my dad's carrier bag, and he wants it back. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, this is the last nail in the relationship coffin. Uh, As to him, I wasn't worth more than 10p. (laughs) 
there's a little bit of backstory. So carrier bags are chargeable in Wales. 5p for a flimsy one or 10p for a thicker one with good handles. Oh, well, so it had a good handle. <laughs> as she says, the creme de la creme of bags. <laughs> Perfectly so, understandable. Thank you very sense. Thank you very much for sharing a tale of <laughs> a a relationship gone south and someone getting carried away. <laughs> my dad wants it back because I imagine you're not using my good bag, yeah, are you? Full seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, make sure that comes back. <laughs> so the, the story. I know someone who had done a similar thing, broken up with somebody, and they they had a TV in the house. They wanted the TV back. They weren't on speaking terms. They went around to break into the house and get the TV. Bear in mind, they had lived in this person's house for some months, okay? The, the, and but the words so break th- in never end well. No. No, they don't. <laughs> no one was hurt in this story. That's another thing that I'm going to say. I'll throw that what out about there. feelings? Feelings, definitely. <laughs> but anyway, again, I'm going to come back to lived in the house for a very, very long time before this yeah. happened, okay? Hugely important. Gets the TV, puts the TV in the car, drives home. He's at home, thinks, shit, she's going to file a break-in, like, she's going to file a police report. My fingerprints are going to be on the front door. Lived there for months. (laughs) Is paranoid. My fingerprints are on the front door. They're going to know that it was me. (laughs) Fingerprints are fucking everywhere in the house. You live there. Your ass print is on the fucking toilet seat. Went back to try and get rid of the evidence by burning the front door. What? Set fire to the house. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No one was home. As I said, no one hurt. No animals. No anything. How much shit was burnt? Though? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Like it wasn't like burned to the ground. What did he think? Like you get a sit- well. That's the thing. They just get to the door and then go around. Like that's, oh, I don't. That's, it's just going to just burn out like it was crate paper. Well, there's a gap between the door and the frame, so yeah. it's going to you know, it's going to stop. Exactly. <laughs> you can't jump but, the gap. But like I said, fingerprints would have been everywhere. But he's, he's just decided, no, if, like, right that bit right there on that door, they're going to know that they were mine his, his from this on, particular moment. His name's on the lease. <laughs> <laughs> it was my favourite dumb crime story. So, this was you, yeah? <laughs> uh, no, this is Cooper. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we'll know him as Cooper. But it, from now on, whenever we have a story, we can't name names. Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> Thanks, Katie Long, for that one. So, is that all the correspondence for this week, Mitch? Yes, it is. Okay, all that we so have for this week. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I wanted to quickly reset something as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, reminding, in case we do have new listeners, because we were big about talking this up. But if people have just decided to click on this and go, I wonder what the show's about, and then they've got through to this, just reminding people that the whole idea behind us telling these stories is that. Like, we want to review The Simpsons. We want to give an analysis of what goes on. But we're also kind of trying to connect that back to what made them such a phenomenon and what that is is how they related to our lives. And that's why. Like, you know, we're not, I don't want people to get the wrong idea and think we're telling stories to be arrogant or anything along those lines or because we think, you know, we're that worthy of listening to. But it's more that you can't really know how it relates to our life unless we tell you a bit about our lives. That's all. My serious little message for the day. So, that's just a taste of why we're doing this. A key thing of this show, too, is interacting with you guys, like interacting with the listeners, which yeah, is why we, we always we keep reiterating the email. It may sound repetitive, but mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com. If you've got something to say about the show, you might not like something. Yeah. Tell us. We'd love to hear from you guys and engaging with you. The, mostly, most of the time, the differences between our shows that go for 50 minutes and are just about the episode and our shows that go for an hour and a half and are a hell of a lot of fun is how much you've sent through in the week. Yes. So... As we said, once more, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We would love to hear from you guys. All the emails that come through get read by us, whether it's Mitch, whether it's me, whether it's both of us. 
We may not write back to the email, but I guarantee you that we will get around to every email that comes through and we'll read it out in the show. Yep. So, also, please, as we said, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discount. Follow us on Twitter at fourfingerpod and follow us on Instagram at fourfingerdiscount. And also check out all the cool Simpsons-based articles on our website, fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Now, Mitch, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, we'd also love it if you could do us a quick favor and jump onto our Facebook page. We would have recently, if you didn't see the link, we posted out a little uh, survey, link to Survey Monkey. It's five questions. Tuesday, our time. It's five questions. It's really, really straightforward. It's just a little bit of uh, market research, if you will, about some merchandise that we want to put together. Um, there are people out there that we promised T-shirts some time ago. We haven't forgotten, but we've now finally started to get enough of a bankroll to be able to make some things happen. But, you know, to get an idea of what we should order, what sizes, what other stuff you guys are interested in, it's really vital to us that you can answer that and we can, you know, kind of move forward with this. So, please, if you didn't see the link, jump in and answer those for us. I'll post the link in the description of this podcast on both our Podbean page and on the website. So, Excellent. just as you, even if you just listen to this through your phone, just scroll down a bit in the description of the podcast of this specific episode and you'll find the link there. Yeah. So, as we say, guys, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our review of Bart the Murderer, an all round fantastic episode, much better than I remembered it being. Any final words, Mitch? What's a moiter? Superb. Shh.